podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Five to one, baby. One to five. Arsenal didn't get out of Anfield alive. Have the doors open to Liverpool and Champions League football? Gonna make it if we try. It's the day trippers. On tonight's show, we're joined by a man known by nearly all LFC fans for his forthright views, the sports editor of the Times, Tony Evans. And don't worry, we'll definitely ask him if he still writes Lambert ahead of Rodgers and Martinez. We round out our worst 11s with our choices of noxious number 9s. We talk, smile, laugh a bit and remember the complete and utter annihilation of Arsenal on Saturday morning, bizarrely predicted by our own Nicky Filage, who's normally more of a jinx than a bag of cats wedged under a ladder with a magpie perched on top of it. We look forward to another midweek away fixture to the London home of Michael Jackson and we finish, as ever we do, with your listeners' question. Right, first up we return to filling out our worst Liverpool 11s. It's a simple one to finish, unless you're one of the truly awful strikers who've worn the red. So who were the most atrocious front men that you've watched playing for Liverpool? We're going to start with Tony Evans on this. Tony, your shed. Well, I remember Jack Witham, don't I? So, you know, it's, uh, you know the guitar playing genius who scored Atrick against Derby and, and very little else. Right. You know, he did have injuries, to be fair, and he was behind Toshak. But, you know, it's, uh, I, I just think he's, he's like a name to conjure with. You know, what, what was great about him is he played the guitar, and every newspaper piece after his Atrick was all about the guitar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 it's a uh, newspaper man's delight, that. Uh, okay, uh, Molly, your shout. I'm going to go with uh, David Ngog. Oh, yeah? You know, a young French lad coming through. I remember a few people said, oh, he's going to be like Henri and stuff, but he was not a one of those rules like Zidane. He was, he was just hopeless. Yeah, yeah. So, nice and straightforward, David Ngog. Okay. Paul Brennan. I'm going to go for the off. 
Uh, he got a shout, I think, in the uh, playing on the wing and one of someone else's. Uh, yeah, that was my team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I'm going for him up front. Just an absolute disgrace, really. The way he carried on, <laughs> he was shy as well. And then uh, uh, the, the, the cherry on top is when it just—I think it was just last year he did an interview where he uh, he said that Stephen Gerrard is jealous of him or something <laughs> like that. So, uh, uh, off, like. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Daly. Yeah, for me, uh, Dioff again. Yeah. You're just a horrible pox of a man, and um, yeah, just just couldn't couldn't ever ever take to him. I, you know, he he just strikes me as the person that stopped us signing Nicholas and Elka when I think he would have actually been a, a good player for the club, mm-hmm. and I think we spent the money on that. Whatever. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm actually going to try not curse a lot this I week. Think you so, um, I think you really should. So, really so yeah. Should. So, so ultimately, yeah. You know, it's him. L- long story short, there was lots. There's lots of contenders, but it's but him. J- just personality as well as being shit. Perfect. Then it's him. Perfect, Andy. Uh, Carol, for me, um, as he, as is my best worst anyway. Uh, we got all excited because we we're spending 35 million. Liverpool had to spend two million on Carol. We wouldn't have been near excited, so it's not the fella's fault, but um came in absolutely atrocious player, um <laughs> fucking like words escape me how bad Carroll is. Uh, so he he's in my uh, best worst eleven. Best worst eleven, yeah. Andy Carroll for me too, primarily because I wanted him to be so much better than he was and ended up being a bit of a disaster. So Phil, will you finish it? Yeah, um going sort of on, on Andy's tip, but my own personal one was Dean Saunders. I I, I just like I suppose an awful lot of my picks have been from the Sunnis era, so yeah. <laughs> I'm just round off with another one. I Jeff could have been well in there because he was a d- despicable creature in, in in the Liverpool jersey, but just for me, Dean Saunders, we paid a massive amount of money for him at the time. He came with a huge reputation. Ronnie Rosenthal gets worse grief than Dean Saunders does, but Dean Saunders should get it just for his brutal hairdo as well. It was just awful at the time. I, I, I genuinely. Every time I think back to the Sooners area, you could actually pick that 11 and just put it in as the worst Liverpool 11. I can't. Only, only Hodgson's time at Liverpool could you feel the worst 11, but he, he's, he's saved by the fact that Torres and, and Gerrard were still in the team at that stage. Apart from that, just Clough and Dean, St- Dean Saunders are my front two, so that says it all for me. Dioff kind of looks like the sort of fella that would have spat in his ma as he was being given birth to. It's hard not horrible. to pick Dioff. It, it goes back to like the Nunes show on the right wing. You know, it's hard not to pick Joe. I was just picking Dean Saunders because we paid massive amount of money for him at the time. He came with, again to be uh, you know Rush's replacement and the whole lot, and he's just pony. He ended yeah. up at Villa a couple of seasons later. Yeah. He was just pony. Yeah. I couldn't put. I couldn't even put you for me worst eleven because he's no, bad with me. Yeah, he's, he's in, in, a, he's in yeah. an eleven, and he doesn't deserve to be in any eleven. <laughs> <Yeah. no> 11. <laughs> right. Uh, let's move on to our review and the pure sex that was Saturday's thrashing of Arsenal. Now, as we always do, we're going to start with Brendan Watch. Um, what were our thoughts on the gaffer, his selection tactics, performance overall? Uh, pretty much a perfect performance, Paul Brown. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Brilliant setup, and um, he completely kind of outwitted Winger. And um, I think it, like there's no po- there was no point in us kind of kicking ourselves in the balls, trying to kind of press up high against Arsenal, like trying to play them at their own game. So. And I thought, especially with the way that it worked against Everton, I thought it was the the right choice to kind of sit back, and absorb like any pressure, like let let their defenders have it. Mm. But kind of as soon as they came about ten yards into our half, we kind of swarmed all over them, mm. and we picked the right time to break and all. I just thought it was brilliant from Rogers. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Tony Evans, would you concur with that? Pretty impressive by the manager. Oh, I thought it was a fantastic tactical performance. I mean, you know, um, you know, switching Suarez, putting them on Monreal, that was fantastic. But you know, the thing is, 
Arsenal do the same thing all the time. They, they never vary. They push the full-backs up. They leave the centre-halves up on an island. They've got no old midfield player there. And you know what? You know, all he did is get the ball. When they, when they give away possession, which they do too often, about 35 yards out from the opposition's goal, get it forward. Mm. Uh, it was a masterpiece. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Pretty impressive stuff. Um, Molly? Yeah, absolutely brilliant this weekend. I was actually listening to his press conference this morning and he made a great point about Coutinho, about his defensive work of late. has been fantastic. I was watching that game and he tracked back a lot. He was getting in there to tackles and then as soon as he got the ball, the head was up looking for the first pass. And I think that's something that, that Rodgers has maybe brought into his game. So listen, if you want to be in this team, we're going to be a bit, bit more defensive at times. And mm. he definitely showed that over the weekend. That was just a fantastic performance overall. Steve Daly, your thoughts on how the manager performed? Yeah, absolutely. As, as has been said already, you know, you couldn't argue with what he did. Um, mm. I was at the game, which was a, a, you know, it was great to be over for it and get to see it. Um, yeah. And just looking at it, you know, you get it. Everybody knows you get a different perspective when you're there live, and to actually see the work that was done by the lads off the ball, um, you know, and what would have been probably out of out of the the camera pan. Um, was just immense. Nobody stopped for the entire ninety minutes. They they mm. wanted more, you know what I mean. And so did the cop. But but you know, it, every single person on that pitch killed themselves for the time they were on there. I don't think there was one person coming off there not having given everything they could. Yeah, tell me about that. Tell me about uh, getting a good view and overview of it. Uh, there's been all these pretty pictures on Twitter over the day. I think you've probably all seen them with beautiful triangles and uh, little shapes being drawn. And again, be, to, to, to back up the idea of Brendan's philosophy and Brendan's football is coming forward and being seen I don't know how, how much we can read into that but what did it look like overall yeah no it looked absolutely perfect you know the things for me and, and as people know I've been in here Slayton Sissoko when he started out um he was. I, I thought he was excellent on on Saturday. I really did. You know, he didn't put a foot wrong. From what I listen, people might be able to pick stuff out on replays and stuff like that. I haven't got a chance to watch the match back mm. fully, but being there on the day, his work and his communication with the players around him actually was very impressive. Sterling and Coutinho, um, Hendo, you expected from him at this stage, and that, it's probably unfair that I'm not singling him out for praise, but mm. you expect that high energy game from him, that pressing game. But Coutinho and Sterling were excellent at it on Saturday as yeah. well. And they were interchanging. They were taking turns. One was, one was dropping maybe five, ten yards back. And the, the Coutinho was maybe pressing their centre halves or maybe as Arteta came into our half with the ball. And then they were switching it over. And it was, it was just great to see. It was great to see the amount of energy they put in. Steve, just in on that, I remember last week when I was here and I said that we'd win 5-0 right? and the premise that I said we'd win 5-0 was that Joe Allen would be back in the team mm. and be able to press high you know bring that pressing yeah, game yeah. back to it right? when I saw that um, Coutinho was starting in the side at the weekend I couldn't see us winning that game yeah. like straight up like, I, I thought Arsenal were, were modelled to win that game when, when, when I thought we were looking at it either a repeat of the Aston Villa setup where Coutinho was wide left and um, the, the, you know the, 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 we were playing with two in the centre or that we'd go back to sort of the West Brom game where Coutinho was actually pushed on into a 10 position and Hendo was sort of floating between him and Gerard and not actually doing much in the actual game because yeah. let's be honest about it um, he didn't like he Hendo has the ability to drift out yeah, of the game yeah. he has which, which was seen against West Brom so for me 
I couldn't see how we were going to win that game when I saw the 11. And credit to Rodgers, he got him to flat, he flattened those two in the midfield and suddenly they played the same way as everything in terms of their harrying and their pressing. And yeah. It was really good. And in fairness, in fairness to Rodgers, like, something that Andy said a couple of weeks ago, he learns as, he, see, he appears now to be learning as he goes along in terms of uh, as managing that's what you himself. Want. You know, and that's exactly what you want. Can you, can't, you can't argue for that at all. Can I just jump in and uh, congratulate Phil on uh, that 5-0 <laughs> <laughs> Um I just want to say there as well, like there's there's nothing better as a Liverpool fan than being uh, proven right than being pr- proven wrong. Yeah. And you know when I seen Zasoka playing for Liverpool first, I I slaughtered him. I wanted an attacking player, you know, someone who could keep the ball better than Enrique. I thought it was something that we knew, really needed. And when I seen Zasoka wasn't very competent on the ball, I was very disappointed. But in fairness to the fella. Since Flanagan got injured on the left, he's come in and I don't think he's put a foot wrong and he's getting an awful lot of stick off uh, the fans and I think it's totally unwarranted. He's, he's, I think he's been brilliant and as I said a few weeks ago, he is what he, you know, he's the most is what he is player that I've seen playing for Liverpool. He's just there and he's doing a job and fair fucking play to him. But how many uh, times? How many times have we given out about def- about fullbacks who can't defend? Yeah, absolutely. And listen, yeah. there wasn't a single fan in that in in Anfield on Saturday giving out about him. Yeah, and it's it's gas because like look at the chances the chances uh, the fans are giving Flanagan. Okay, not the best going forward. He gets himself forward, but he's not the best on the ball. Not like Johnson is when he plays well. But the fans are giving uh, Flanagan a real good chance because he's a local lad. But uh, Sissoko and Flanagan are doing exactly what Johnson can't fucking do when he's yeah, in the team. Absolutely. And that's defend and closing down cross and preventing teams from Don Hortness. Yeah. Andy, you've pretty much driven us uh, down a street. We're going to go down anyway. That's talking about Ali Sissoko. He was going to come up later on the agenda anyway. Um, Molly, um, how did you how did you feel uh, Sissoko performed on the day, and do do you see him as as a viable uh, option going forward if we're going to keep where we are in the league? I thought he was solid over the weekend. Uh, I know when the lads said he was brilliant, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far with him. Mm. You know, going forward, I I can't see him staying next season. I reckon he's going to be sent back myself. You know, I, I still think we need a, a better left back than Enrique, mm. and Sissoko is not better than Enrique in my book. But yeah, overall, the performance in the weekend and even against West Brom, he was solid enough. Yeah, uh, Tony, you're, you're honest taking it. I know it was pretty impressive to see him uh, being big brother to, to Sterling at one stage there, acting the enforcer and then falling over as he tends to do as well a couple of times. I, I got a great laugh out of him. What, what, what was your opinion of him on the day? Oh, Sissoko. Yeah. Oh, Sissoko. Well, I mean, let's face it. He's, he's not the long-term solution, is he? I mean, you know, he's a, he's in a long tradition of, like, comedy Liverpool left-backs who, who hasn't got it. But, you know, I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, Bernie Rubble, he had something, you know, he had that, and I just can't see him making it long-term. The defence, without a doubt, needs needs more help. You know, it's, um, you know, Flanagan's doing great. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, the manager's iffy about the centre-earths, and I I would have thought the one thing he'll be looking to do in the summer is to strengthen there. But you know what? The grit, I think what we've seen, the best thing about it, and the best thing about the whole development of Brendan Rodgers in the last year, 14, 15 months, is he's become pragmatic. And keep the ball away from the defenders. Give it to the people who can play. Give it up there fast. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, so I, I just... Um, 
I do think it, it, it's we, we haven't seen the solution to the left side and we, we haven't really seen uh, we, 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 I don't think the manager's happy with, with, with the centre of defence but hell if we, if we can blow Arsenal away who cares you know and, and if he can keep setting up the way he's set up for the rest of the season who needs to defend yeah fair play uh, Paul Brennan we have a really special talent on our hands with, with Raheem Sterling it looks like yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of him. Obviously, you know, it's obvious that he, he's able to dribble with the ball and his pace is obvious. It's there for everyone to see. But there were, like, the, his intelligence recently, like you can give him the ball in his own half and you're not afraid that he's going to do something stupid. He, he keeps it really well. He protects it. His movement like with the ball and without it has been absolutely brilliant. And Rodgers has said that, like, he's, like, what's Sterling? He's 18 or 19. And Rodgers has said that he's one of the most tactically clued up players that he's, like, he's worked with. So... Um, which, yeah, I just think again, like massive problems he caused Arsenal with the ball and without it. Again, like it's he's just one of our most consistent performers at the moment. Like, do you do you have the same fear that I have that he's uh, Hodges going to take him and, and destroy him over something? Ah, uh, well, yeah, he has to kind of go there and fucking enjoy Roy Hodgson for a few months in the World Cup, obviously. But yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we'll be able to get that back out of him during preseason. I just, I just, we'll unhodge him. I hope he comes back in one piece. Uh, uh, Steve Daly, would you talk to me about Jordan Henderson? Because, my God, that kid is uh, a hell of a player when he wants to be. Right back on song. Uh, I've written down here, if only he could shoot, he'd be in line for player of the year. I mean, that the, the, the true ball from Coutinho, and he's through on goal, and that lamentable shot. I yeah, mean, yeah, his yeah. shooting is fucking atrocious. Well, it was, I, don't, I don't know whether it was a shot or what it was. I don't know honest, what it was, it was, yeah. it was something. It was a kick of his boot, anyway. Yeah, that's, um, yeah listen, uh, he's been exceptional. Um, you know, he really did struggle, and I have to say, um, uh, you know, a few a few of us, and probably the lads that are here, are, are people that I know who were supporting him when he wasn't having the best yeah, of times, and be I fair. definitely didn't want to see him go when there was talk of him going to Fulham last season um, as part of the, the Clint Dempsey deal, wasn't it? That's yeah. what he was a make way in or partially but he's come on leaps and bounds and you know what I actually yet again I watched it on Saturday as soon as Stephen Jarrod went off the pitch he started barking orders he started talking to people he started yeah. dictating um, because he steps his game when Stephen Jarrod goes off that pitch he steps up another 10% 15% from what was already a, an excellent performance but it's like he, he, he loves the responsibility and, and he feels that when Gerard's not there he has the right to take it and the right to, to dictate what's going on around him and it's great to see because I think he can be a really really good player you know, and, and I'm delighted we have him Phil Casey, I'm going to come to you about your, your, your namesake, um, quite the playmaker when he wants to be, and uh, had a hell of a day um, against Arsenal, and that's Coutinho, um, what was your response to him? For me anyway, he, he's benefiting from um, the, the, the tactical slight change of, of flattening that two in the midfield, so that you see a range, you can, he can shoot, use his vision, but he's, he's also a little Jack Russell, he's just a terrier, he just gets around the pitch, you know he he's willing to do the, the the hard you know physical work in as much as he wants to get on the ball and be you know creative and beautiful in terms of the way he passes he sees things so quickly so if he's winning balls in around the middle toward or even in his own toward he can quickly distribute the ball into say the feet of Suarez or Sturridge that stand on the halfway line and suck the defenders on he's we we all thought that he'd be a number ten, a great number ten, and and and, and probably long term number ten for, for for Liverpool. But the way he's playing at the moment, if you're looking at a, a sort of four three three setup, he's ideal to um, 
to to work off you know as in, in that sort of, you know Iniesta Iniesta style midfielder because Iniesta can play either in the, in the three behind the, the striker he can play in two in that two in the midfield it's 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 a worthwhile shout out but I think there's a, there's an element of fortune a bit a bit in the way that Rafa came across the four two three one and the way we set up there is a slight element of fortune that the injuries we've had has contributed to him finding this way of playing and fitting Coutinho into the team this way and fair, Andy called that as well like, yesterday and today on this and you know fortune sometimes favoured the brave and, and the way we set up definitely favours the brave if we continue to play that way and Coutinho was the right man for this uh, Molly um, would you concur with Phil there that um, Coutinho is very much the man at the moment and, and, and very much suiting this current setup? oh yeah 100% I, I've been reading press from the last couple of weeks you know as I said it, those true balls he put through, they're not even surprised anymore. We nearly expect him off of him. But what has really impressed me has been his defence work. As, as Philo said there, he's like little Jack Russell all over the park, mm. harassing midfielders, trying to get the ball back, setting up attacks. You know, he's been really brilliant of late. OK, um, Andy, I know you wanted to chat about Stephen Gerrard. I know in the past you've uh, spoken uh, in defence of him when he's maybe been getting a bit of abuse that you, you thought maybe wasn't warranted. Uh, how do you feel he's adapting at the minute? Well, well, first of all, uh, um, people are entitled to criticise Jared all they want. It's just what got my back up was the the level of criticism that Jared came and people start suggesting that Jared's never played well in centre of the park and he's never dictated a game. He's never been in control of midfield and they just forget about forget about the past and just want you know having a go at him, which was totally unjust. Um, he's settling lovely into that. Uh, defensive midfield role okay coming up to the Villa game when Rogers put it out there in the press conference and pretty much every Liverpool fan was talking about it all week and I remember a conversation we had with one of the lads and we sat there and it just just made so much sense to us like you know you could you, you know you were saying he's all the attributes he's the experience he reads the game he passes he can tackle it all made sense and then with the Villa game when he got let's face it he got he got he, he got the bollocks frightened out of him by Villa the way they started. Similar to similar to the way we started against Arsenal. Uh, Liverpool shit themselves. Uh, Jared couldn't get a hold of the game. He didn't know what was going on. And well, Andy, is there any reason to believe that that might not happen again? Uh, no, that like that undoubtedly will happen. Jared is st- like he's still settling in as as many years he has under his belt. He's still settling into a position that he's never really played before, mm. and he does need to uh, start. You know, communicating with Rogers and on the training pitch and just learning and, and watching videos of other players like the likes of Busquets how he does it mm. and maybe we can't prolong Jared's career in that position okay let's not get excited it is kind of two games where he played really really well everything on Arsenal and then I thought he was quite good in the West Brom game but like he is he's proven people wrong there yeah. and that he can he can play that role and he you know he's brilliant especially on, on Saturday like Tony Evans, would you would you agree that that this could be somewhere we're going to see Jared going forward now um, that he is actually maybe going to stamp him his his authority on this position? Well, I I, I just worry that he's not mobile enough to play that position consistently. Yeah. You know, the thing is, it, it's I, I think I, I play him in that position at home against teams that were wide open like Everton and Arsenal, who are going to come onto you and who you know sort of going to uh, sort of you know they're going to leave spaces behind them. I'm not so sure I'd be playing him away. I'd like to see. 
I'd like to see him find a position a bit further off the field as well, where he gets into shooting shooting positions, where um, you know he, he can use the, the his burst, which you know he he can't use that deep. It's I, I just I, I I'm not, it's one of them where he's playing well, but I, I, I look at his legs and you think, mm, can this carry him through? You know, sort of uh, the, the, you know, sort of. Well, obviously, it probably will to the end of the season, but next season, will it begin to tell on him? I'd use him more sparingly, and I'd try and use him more creatively. But you know what? I'm like I'm saying that you can't argue with the, the you know sort of with, with results and you can't argue with the way he's played. Uh, as I say, I just worry that going forward that he's not you know sort of he hasn't got the energy that he once had. Yeah, I think it's the only position he he has the energy to do. To be quite honest, um, like if you ever hear Rogers talking about. Like you know, Rogers is mad into the Paul Barcelona setup, and he's ha- he's done seminars with the Spain team, and he always talks about what he wants his number six to do, and his number ten, his number four. Like, he, Jared doesn't really fit into any of them other roles, like your your Xavi or your Iniesta roles. Like, the uh, if Jared wants to you know prolong his career at Liverpool in midfield, it's probably the only position I could see him. And if not, Jared goes forward or back again and plays right back to prolong a career. But I don't see I don't see him playing further up the pitch, uh, you know. For Liverpool well, the, the, the thing is, though, you know, we, we talk about Barcelona and we talk about you know, so the uh, Busquets and all that. I mean, that feels a bit last year to me. I mean, we're playing more like Dortmund, and that, that's what what I mean. One of the great things we've seen from Brendan Rodgers in the last year is his development. He's not tied to to one way of playing. He's you know, sort of. It bothered me when he first arrived that you know he wanted to pass people to death. He wanted to do the same things. Now he's He's, he's being flexible and using people in different roles, and I, I you know, I, I, I don't think you can play the captain up the field consistently. But also, likewise, I don't think you can play him deep uh, every game. I think you, you've got to pick and choose the games and how to use them, where to use them, and how to get the best out of them because he's got so much talent. You've got to find a way to keep him on that pitch. Yeah, I totally agree. You have to, you have to have him on the pitch. We had this here. Does does a a Gerrardless Liverpool does it weaken the team? And absolutely, it does. Tony, Tony, do you not think that um, by having Coutinho and um, say Henderson in there, you offset the fact that his, his his legs aren't what they used to be? So he doesn't actually need as much mobility because he's got a lot more. Um, he's got two lads there that are covering a lot of running and getting in front of players, so he doesn't seem to get as overrun as he would. Say with Lucas, who also has mobility issues as well alongside him. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, obviously, if you put people who've got high energy, you know, it will help. But you know, games like Arsenal and, and Villa, but you know, they, they pass the ball. The, 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 the Arsenal uh, up at the Emirates, they pass the ball round. I mean, he got caught on his heels. He's also not the greatest user of space ever because he was a better user of the ball always. And it, it, it's difficult to learn as at this stage in your career, and you know, when when your legs mightn't quite have it, have it as much in. Much in them as the one side. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sceptical that it's a, 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 an even a medium-term solution. But while he's playing like this, like I said, you can't argue. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're getting at, Tony, that you can't really argue with his performances against Everton and Arsenal, but at the same time, they're kind of specialised games where, you know, we're sitting back and there's, there's not going to be much space around Gerrard, like, to play around him. Like, he, like you can't argue with what he did. Like, Arsenal, they, they used Giroud a lot, like, you know, to build up play. And every time it went into his feet and he got held up by the centre-backs, Gerrard kind of snapped into a tackle on him. And, like, it just, you know, it's like games, like, like you said, away from home against poorer teams or whatever, where we have to kind of play 
out a bit and you know kind of open up and be expansive like there's just going to be a lot more space around Jared and that's the, that's where my worry would come from with him playing in front of the defence yeah, I mean, if you got if you if you got a team who are getting the midfield runners going from deep, and you know, and, and coming past him, you know, a big tall man, you know, so as, a, as a pivot on the ball, knocking it down, and the runners come through, it's up front to to pick them up, you know, sort of quite as easily. But I mean, I say if, if if you've got people like that, you you know, you played, you, and and they are, you have got the personnel to play a different sort of midfield, and maybe that's somewhere where you, you're going to be playing teams that are a bit more physical. You you might play him instead of Coutinho. You know, it's um, you know the thing is he has options in that midfield, and and it's the first time in a few years that we've had options. And so you know we, we, we're talking about where best to play the captain. I tell you what, that's a great advance from um, from you know sort of since about what 2009, 2010, when um, when you know we just put him in and hope for the best with everyone else around him. Yeah, yeah. Fair play, um, <clears throat> Molly. Can I bring you in here? What the hell happened to Arsenal? And how much of their ineffectiveness is attributable to how we played on the day? I mean, was it a kind of a perfect storm of them being really, really off the pace and, and, and us being excellent? Or what was your take on it? I it was, it's like you said, it was one of those perfect storms, I think. You know, it, the early goal obviously really helped us. Then we scored, what was it, three or four minutes after that? And I think Arsenal was just shell-shocked after that. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know should they attack us because they knew they attacked us. We were coming back on them again. They were kind of passing the ball around midfield. They were just lacking of ideas. You know, it, it was one of those games where everything just clicked into place for us. Yeah, absolutely. Steve Daly, you were there. You saw the game uh, live. What was your take on how Arsenal did? Was, it, was, it, was there a visible drop no, up the shoulders? <laughs> None of the lads actually believe I was at the game. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. Send them pictures from the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, listen, it was, you know, obviously, as, as uh, Moly uh, alluded to there, the early goal was massive for us. And mm. let's not take that away from anything. That would have been a completely different game if we'd given Arsenal 10 minutes to get into their stride. And everything we're talking about, our shape, everything could have been under question. We could have been in deep shit. But the truth is, after the first goal, I was absolutely disgusted. If that had been Liverpool and they had reacted, even their their body language after the goal went in. Yeah, that's right, what we're getting at. Yeah. yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, not, whatever. 57 seconds in or whatever, we score the goal. Surely the thing is, everybody, let's get back into this. Come on, still the game is there to be mm. played, right? 10 minutes in, we get the second goal. And it was like a zombie apocalypse. Honestly, they were walking around. They were walking around like Dawn of the Dead, going, "What the fuck just happened there? Where did that baldy bastard come from?" You know, honestly, it was it was incredible. And as the goals went, they showed no hunger, no desire to get back into that game. Nothing. They showed absolutely nothing. If somebody had told me. You know, if you walked in there off the street and got a ticket for a game from, say, you were from a different country and just wanted to go see sports, and somebody told like you, like Ireland, yeah, like, <laughs> like Ireland, yeah, but you know what I mean. If you didn't know the sport and know who was playing, and you watched that game, and somebody told you the lads in yellow there are the league leaders, you just wouldn't believe it. Mm, and yeah. and they were that way for the whole game. They did not want to know about it. They wanted they wanted out of there. They wanted to get on the fucking M1 back down to, to London and, and be gone. You know? Yeah, Arsenal are a team who thrive on confidence and you see it in games when once th- things start to come off, it gets better and better and better and then they destroy teams that way. Uh, looking at them against Palace the, the game before, like, you know, they were they were struggling a lot and once once Arsenal got the, the goal score early against them, I kind of went to myself... Oh, this could be too early you know like against Chelsea with Chelsea they got their backs up yeah. and they came out like fucking lunatics against us 
with, with Arsenal, they shit themselves and they, they, their confidence was gone, their confidence was shot, mm. and Liverpool just capitalised on it so quickly. It was brilliant. I, I echo that as well. Like, uh, what, what, what got to me was it reminded me so much of our Champions League run into Istanbul in 05. The way we came out of the traps, it was such a Rafa-style opening to a game. We just went, they weren't expecting us to come at them that hard and that quickly, despite the Everton game, right? They weren't expecting us to come out and hit them that hard. And you're thinking back to the Juventus game in Anfield. I was just going to say, the hippie goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah like it just, it's so reminiscent to that type of game and, and teams really weren't expecting it. It was just fantastic. Like it, it, and it, like You're sitting there and I was in disbelief. Like You're, you're looking at it at 20 minutes and I, I remember saying to the lads there going, this is the longest fucking game ever. And this was like 50, 60 minutes into the second half. I go, is this not over yet? Like, you're, you're yeah. never 4 nil up with, with, with a half an hour left to go. Or it's so rare, especially against Arsenal or something. It's just like, it's, it, this is going on forever. Did you see, did you hear what Mikey Owen said before the game? No. He says, uh, Liverpool are going to come out of the traps here. They're going to come out flying. And I'm thinking to myself, shut your fucking mouth, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen. That's completely not going to happen. And, uh, and then if Arsenal, you know, if Liverpool in the first 10 minutes of Arsenal still in the game after 10 minutes and I was going what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> 10 minutes he was fucking spot on <laughs> I tell you one, one other thing so you uh, say Michael Owen knows football <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he got it right on Saturday uh, one other thing uh, looking at our lads you know I, I when, when Arsenal signed Ozil I thought to myself Jesus they've got themselves a player that could win them the league he is the he reminds me of a fucking German Berbatov honestly he is a lazy <laughs> moany bastard <laughs> honestly God and as soon as things aren't going his way he doesn't you, may, you know what he's one of those players that you know those lads that if they get a kick up in the park on a Sunday they get a kick five minutes in you may as well fucking sub them because they don't want to know about the game for the rest of it that's what he was like on Saturday he didn't want to know about it and he absolutely for 42 million quid he would not fit in in our system you, they're playing Stoke away in a few weeks aren't they oh, yeah, yeah. imagine under Britannia <laughs> fucking blizzard blowing in his face <laughs> he'd be fucking out of there that, that fucker's going to have to play with a balaclava on never mind gloves uh, uh, Paul Brennan can I get talk, get some uh, thoughts from you on Martin Skirtle he seems to be a real season on season off type player you know he's flying at the moment he had been awful before that he was brilliant he won this Golden Samba and all that. You know, I mean, what, what the hell is going on? Should we get rid of him next year and then yeah. get him back the year after? Is that what we should do? <laughs> Send him out on loan. <laughs> well, the, the only really consistent season he had was Kenny's full season. Like, uh, other than that, he's like, if if you said if someone said to you that he'd be playing as well as he is now, like a few months ago when he was scoring like own goals every game, really, I'd just <laughs> like he just look at all at sea. Like, see, like he's just one of those players where I know he's playing really well at the moment, but I, I. I think he's been here long enough that I'd say that we'll never be able to fully rely on him for a season. Like, mm. yeah, I think I think on, on Skirtle as well. Like, it, it is serious. Like, it's a season on season off. Ever since he joined, it's always been like he seems to have one good season, one bad season, one good season, one bad season. Now, I do think that it does help him playing as a right-sided centre back. I thought an awful lot of his poor form last season coincided when he when he moved across the left centre back when Agar was out injured. Similar happened when in when Kenny was there for the the run after Christmas. Agar missed most of the time after Christmas and, and Skirtle moved across the left centre back and didn't look as solid as it was. I don't think he's ultimately the answer to if if you want to push on and win titles and the whole lot, well then again if we win it this year like you know, I'm not saying it well, Which we will. Which we will, yeah. <laughs> if if you know, he he he's he's the type of centre back that you'd imagine would be in a title winning side, but 
he's he's done a good job. He's 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 played a hell of a lot better since Christmas than he had before Christmas. And you know, if if you can get players into form as you come into a run in, you can't ask for more than that. And in, in fairness to him, he's proven a real threat in the air from corners. Um, it, he stopped hugging blokes, and it, he looks a, a better player for. Like. He reminds me of a Ferguson player, and what I mean by that is, if you remember when United were winning leagues rather than being, you know. Dwindling in mid table, um, they they uh, they used to have players nice, that nice. came in. Uh, they used to have players that came in in patches. Yeah. Right? Nanny wouldn't be seen for three months, and the fucker would come in and score seven goals in three games, and then disappear yeah. on holidays for two months ago. And you were thinking, you know, he did it with Berbatov. Berbatov was in an yeah. amazing streak of yeah. form, and he took him out of the side. Mm. And I forget who he put in instead. I don't know whether it was Rooney coming back or someone at the time. And and they hit a purple patch as well. And you know what? If we can if we can get that, fuck it. Let's enjoy it while we can because. Yeah. If we're getting Skirtle in his purple patch now, great. You know, I'd like to see him stay next season as backup. Um, Tony Tony uh, mentioned earlier on about Brendan Rodgers maybe needing to strengthen centre half. I, I, I don't know whether personally I don't know whether that's our our main area. I know where he's probably coming from in terms of the injuries and stuff like that we've had this season. But I think if we've got Agar. Uh, Skirtle and Sacco and then Toure still there as a, as a backup and possibly Andre Wisdom coming in as a young lad who's, who's done from what reports say quite uh, well uh, so far I think I think we've much more pressing yeah, well, areas to be worried about than, than centre half personally in fairness uh, they've been helped by the fact that Johnson's not in the fucking team alone. Yeah. Cross is coming in. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, like n- nothing more needs saying than that. That's no. pretty much spot on. Molly, talk to me about some highlights of the match for you. Uh, outside of the goals, which were obviously some of the more clearly wonderful, uh, Skirtle himself with that second header was just bloody spectacular. But tell me about some of your highlights of the match outside of the goals. I'll, I'll come to Tony then next. It's just your overall teamwork. Everyone absolutely worked their socks off for one another. You know, I looked there in the midfield at one stage and Gerard was so composed. He actually played, I think it was kind of a centre-back role more than a defensive midfield, I thought, against Arsenal. And yeah. Joey had Henderson and Coutinho there in front of him who were working their socks off, tracking back, harassing every Arsenal player that came on the ball. And every time, what really impressed me was, every time they won the ball, it wasn't just Sturridge or Suarez going up front. They were all going for it. Sturridge, Suarez, Sterling, Coutinho, Henderson... They were all bombing forward. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really impressive. Like yeah. other teams, you see, when you go on the break, you might have one or two players going up against three or four defenders. Wasn't that for us? We were four or five of us going up forward for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Tony, anything in particular stand out from you outside the goals that was a particular highlight for you? Oh, well, a couple of things. I mean, the movement, the movement going forward was brilliant. You know, it's, um, they dragged uh, they dragged the Arsenal defenders all over the place, never let them settle. I mean, Suarez, you know the uh, the the the, uh, the volley and the free kick. I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's just it's just an outrage, isn't it? You know, uh, it's unbelievable. And it's it's Coutinho. I love to watch him because he takes a look before the ball arrives, and then he wants to get it forwards. You know, it's um, not in square. You know, no no safe percentage passes, but. You know, get it in, get it in. Go on, lads. Go on, get on to the end of that. And, you know, you've got to love that, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Andy. The biggest fucking regret of that match is that Suarez effort not going in. Uh, Holy, the biggest regret of the fucking season. If that that goes in, I'm pulling Mickey off and I'm fucking fucking in at the TV. (laughs) 
Curran's down. Fucking game over. Good luck. Just turn the season off. Turn the season off. Yeah. Luis Suarez, it's job over. done. <laughs> I, lo- I, didn't, I enjoyed seeing us kicking the shit out of Jack Wilshere. I thought that was brilliant. Because it was, like, remember he left one on Gerrard. Gerrard got him back. Henderson uh, took him now. Coutinho, like, dominated him. Yeah. Now, not only did he dominate him, like... Wilshire was roiled like all match and continued just mm. just wound them up to bits and um, Sissoko as well standing up to him when he <laughs> how, good, how good was that that was trying to be scary ah bless him <laughs> seen a great, great tweet was uh, if uh, Wilshire wants to see how Jared's pocket he just has to get up on Ross Barkley's shoulders <laughs> <laughs> for me um, you, you, you know what you know where he does Wilshire he's, he, he's that sort of player when things are going wrong for him he'll leave his foot in yeah. to make it make it look as if he's making an effort yeah. you know what he's a whingy little twat he's a little <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if, may, if maybe Rogers like had, that was part of his plan if like I don't know whether he told us to kind of have a go and try and needle Wilshire or whether we were just doing it because Wilshire's a cunt <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, right, my, my highlights of the game for me had to be Colo's miss. Right, oh, yeah. after after crossbar, after, yeah. after the shot out the post, because yeah. even the space afterwards, he was like, going, "Oh no!" And then he thought it was the funniest thing ever. Like, ah! There was two. There was two bits for me in in the second half. Um, Colo went up. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what attacking piece of play it was, but he went up, and they broke. And I swear to fuck, it was the slowest I've ever seen somebody <laughs> trying to back. I'm fairly sure we attacked and then they broke again by the time we got back to our box. It was insane. And on top of that, there was actually, there was actually a quite, quite a nice moment in the cup. Um, there was a man two rows in front. And um, after we scored our fourth, everybody's going fucking mental, as you can imagine. We're looking at the scoreboard. No one can believe it. And he just had tears running down his face. And he was, it was his 75th birthday. No and he was way, there going, this quality. is the best birthday ever. Yeah, this is the right. best birthday ever. You know what I mean? It's my birthday on Saturday as well. Oh, lovely. Thanks, yeah. thanks Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, were you crying as well? Because <laughs> 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 he pulled his mickey off. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be crying too, first. I'll just say, Luis Suarez, like he didn't score on Saturday, but boy Jesus, again, like he set Sterling up for 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 the the, yeah. the cross. Like we're talking about the volley off the thing. He's taking corners. He's just he's just a joy to watch. Every time you see him, him and Storage, even like the the miss the the ball that he plays, the Storage, that Storage misses. You're you're putting your house on it. That that yeah. Storage is going to score. It just works so hard, and he, like even the goal that he, he got called was it was the one that was ruled off off so yeah, he broke yeah, through, yeah. and that was so tight when they showed it. And Phil, he he's good at coming off when he hasn't yeah, scored. He's yeah, just yeah. absolutely shattered. He looked tired though, lads. I have to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yet again off the ball when Arsenal yeah. were breaking, he looked he looked a little bit laboured in terms of his getting himself. You know, normally he'd be, he'd be you know clicking his heels together. Right, I'll get back yeah. into shape, and I'll, I'll get myself back in position for if we break and whatever. And he was that he was that little yard off it, and and personally, you know, obviously you want him playing against Fulham and hopefully we bash them on Wednesday I would be resting him on Sunday I would be I would be sending out Aspas and a few others on Sunday for that I know we'll get to the preview probably or yeah yeah um, on, on, but I'd, I'd say I'd say um, the other one for me was uh, Brendan's celebrations on the touchline yeah. they, were, they were like yeah. he, he was loving that oh, so much absolutely. and in fairness one of, the, one of the things that made me happy as well when the final whistle went, it was the first time I seen Wenger not get all snotty and, and grumpy because he'd been thumped. He, there was actually a, a right smile on his face, and he just said, "Well done, Brendan." And you could actually yeah. see him say, it, "And it was like you're saying, right? He knows he's been done over at this stage, and like he's taken a really happy to do it." You know what I mean? So, as, as the wise man Sam Allardyce once said, "We out tacticked them." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wise, fast. <laughs> Sorry, I meant pies. Sorry. <laughs> And just before we move away from this, this whole thing about Phil's prediction, the five 
What was it? Five nil. Arsenal minus two. Five nil. Oh, credit where it's due. He, he's, he's after calling a big result there. Well, just, just for the record, when when you say he called it right, do you mean his random mental shout of five nil that he just lashed out? And then, yes. And then you know, thirty minutes post or pre pre kick off when he says Arsenal are going to bash us here. I already gave you a ration for it. Okay, now you had a good few days to think about it. In fairness to you, but last week when you made that five nil shout, you said I don't know what, I don't know fucking why. I just think we're going to battle like we did against fucking Spartan. I don't know why. <laughs> that's what happened Chris. That's, a, that's a properly good impression as well okay. don't mind the haters so. <laughs> I don't apologize no. let's move on to our preview of Liverpool versus Fulham which we hope is going to take place on Wednesday um, there's some things being said at the moment we'll see how that works out uh, Tony can I come to you first uh, the key to this surely is to the, not change the midfield setup. Um, would that be fair to say? Is 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 is, 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 is there a lesson to be gained from what we did uh, on Saturday? Well, I think well, well learn from what, what United did. Don't go wide. Don't bang crosses in, which we don't do anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, get, get get them down the middle. Get them with pace. Um, I think this will be. Uh, it should be relatively routine. I mean, mind you, there, there were times when West Brom looked like they should have been, and you know, and they fell asleep a little bit. But um, I, I think Fulham are still in a still in a bit of disarray. I mean, you know, they they got a draw at the really bad side. You know, it's um, so I wouldn't be feeling too uh, good by myself if I was a Fulham player um, you know so as they said you know it's uh, compared them to conference teams but like um, you know I, 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 I think it's just a case of um, get, the, get the ball get the ball get Coutinho on the ball in the midfield get the ball up get it into feet get the, get the runners going through and um, and I I think it'll be relatively um, straightforward I mean I'll, I'll, I'm rather thinking to myself 3-0 would be nice that would be very nice, Tony. Uh, Paul Brennan, do you think uh, Fulham are going to snap at us a lot more than what Arsenal did? Um, no, I, th- I think they'll try and do what they did to United, basically. Just try and sit back. The, uh, the only real change to the midfield that I'd make, I'd, I might uh, rest Gerrard and bring Allen in as the deepest midfielder. Mm-hmm. Just I think, obviously, we, I think we're going to be pushed up a bit higher and he's a bit more mobile. And I'd also rest Gerrard for uh, the Arsenal game. Because I'd, I'd just do the exact same to Arsenal. What we did at Anfield, just do the same at mm. the Emirates. Like, mm. So um, the, full, yeah, the Fulham game... <laughs> the, the, yeah, the Fulham game, that's all I do, bring in Alan. Excellent. Okay, thanks very much. Uh, Andy Young, what do you think? Midfield stays the same? Yeah, well, you know it will, because like, that's, that's how Rogers rolls. Uh, but I don't know whether it's going to be the, the right thing again with, with West Brom, you know, the same sort of story... Like Liverpool are going to need to play up higher up the pitch and make the pitch smaller. Um, there's not going to be that thing against Everton and Arsenal where there's a quick uh, change of possession and the transition of play and you hit them, hit them on the break. Fulham aren't going to do that. So, like, you could just, you could, absolutely couldn't drop Coutinho after a game like that, but I certainly would like to see a trio midfielders just going to retain possession and, and just kind of move the play up slowly as opposed to trying to catch them the counter because that's not going to happen so you, you really do want a midfield who's going to knock the ball around um, maybe Gerrard the way he's been playing that deep or all like, hadn't even thought of that um, Paul said it there but maybe you could rest them but that's 
unlikely to happen either. But certainly it's going to be a game where they need to just retain possession more and, and, and just try to force it and get the early goal. We used to always talk with the early goal mm. early in the well, season. The, if they can the get the early Coutinho, goal. isn't he? Yeah. The key's Coutinho because he he can pick, not only can he knock the ball longer, but he can pick those little diagonal balls and the piece, the space of storage, piece of storage still and the Suarez, I'll, I'll get them get them on the back foot and he can just, mm. he can knock them through, but you know, it's... Uh, you know yourself, Tony, there's not going to be that space in behind, like, against well, Fulham. Well, well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, the thing is, they'll drag them all over the place, won't they? Hopefully, they won't yeah. be getting in behind them, but he can play that little diagonal ball, you know, that, that he, he does it so well, that just picks that little yard out, which they can get into, and the one thing that the Fulham defence isn't, is quick. Yeah. I think the trick here, Tony, is a bit of reverse psychology. We sit back for the 10 minutes on our own 18-yard box and draw them out. Fuck with their heads. No. <laughs> they just a big goal for space in a Yeah, I think it's just going to be a game where where Suarez goes out and does the damage. Yeah, I, 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 like yeah. seriously, right? I haven't watched them yesterday. Like they're going to park a fleet of buses. The fleet, the National Express. They're going to just park every single bus they can find in front of the goal because that's what they did. They tried to do to United yesterday, right? Yeah. And it, it was a case of if United got one, they were going to get two, and that's exactly what happened. And it, it, like. Any other day of the week or any other team, and there's no way that Fulham are coming back. But you know, it have the Hodgson's about them at the moment, yeah. and they they're went jittery. and they're just jittery, and they don't believe they're going to get a result. And I'm looking at it saying, given the players we have, the one thing that we don't do is what we did against West Brom, and we need to shift that back four in the game up higher up the pitch. Yeah, and have I can't see them getting. I can't see them having the pace to get behind us anyway if they try and knock a ball over the top. R- Richardson could be Richardson could be one that that causes a little. I, bit I'll of tell you one thing, and, and obviously this is going to be a reverse jinxing him. But Richardson always seems to do something stupid against us. I remember being in Anfield with Sunderland and doing stupid things, giving away a penalty yeah. and, and almost getting sent off. Like like pers- personally, I just say. We push the back four up a bit. Even if Gerard plays and he plays that just a bit higher to the to the middle of the pitch instead of being sitting behind the actual two centre backs and stays in front of them, we'll have enough. There won't be enough space for for them to get in between, say Coutinho and Henderson, and cause the trouble that West Brom did. And if we have if we have Coutinho, Henderson, um, Sterling, Suarez, Sturridge up top with the two boys of fullbacks, and even we've seen that Sissoko went on a rampage down the left wing against West Brom, like in terms of attacking, like. I, there's no reason why we shouldn't be confident going into the Fulham game. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think it could turn out, as somebody said there already, I think it could turn out to be the Suarez show. I think he's just been a little bit subdued in the in the last couple of games in the sense of just not getting on the score sheet. He was unlucky with a free kick and what and, and what obviously is his that, was, that was an incredible attempt. The free. Yeah, absolutely. It was and and and, and uh Chesney was not expecting it to come, mm. you know what I mean? Um because because everything else up till then what he'd done was he dinked it into that penal spot six yard box and, and let the lads go and attack it. Mm. Um, but I think I think we could see something like a, a Suarez free kick or just you know the way he tore Norwich apart I could see him just doing that on his own uh, on Wednesday night and, and then the lads following suit hopefully but hopefully he will just provide that bit of magic that United just don't have at the moment they just yeah. don't have that bit of magic to, to unlock um, you know a resolute defence like Fulham and I yeah. think I think Wednesday nights went, he, he's going to want goals he's sick of looking at Sturridge banging them in no, no, he, no, I, mean, I, was uh, to, I was waiting to hear people start kind of <laughs> having a go at Suarez and how many goals he scored lately but his level of play hasn't dropped one no, bit no, no, and no, for, no, the, no, for the goals. goals the goals are just being shared you know yeah, rather yeah, no, than no, go, Suarez 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 like there's other players scoring um, just a point on Fulham they're not good at defending set pieces and as I stacked him up earlier Liverpool being the most uh, 
scores a set piece in the Premier League this season. Uh, the Fulham game at Anfield, it was the that riot was started with two set pieces as well, yep. two corners. One yep. was an old, I was a free kick, was it? And Suarez was trying yep. to claim it, and then this uh, Skirtle header. Yeah. So I mean, you know, a couple that, of free kicks in deep areas. That could be an excellent reason, even to just start Gerrard and take him off after sixty. Just his set piece delivery this season has been mm-hmm. now fair enough. Actually, you know, he had two great set pieces within ten minutes, and then some of his corners were shied yeah. after that. But, but in terms of the amount of assists he's provided from set Gerard, pieces, Gerrard's always been like that. Is yeah. is corners? There's no one better at hitting corners once once uh, he gets it over the first man. Yeah, because it's impossible to hit the the ball is coming. They're like an arrow spinning. Yeah. Um, but it's the same with his in-swinger free kicks as well. Sometimes they don't beat the first man. He doesn't float it in, you know, no. like Gary Mack floated in. Like you know, no. chances are you're gonna you're gonna get it's gonna get to where you want it to get. Yeah. But if you get a touch danger, on it, it's gonna be yeah. it's it's gonna cause damage. Jared is aiming for the far post every time. Yeah. You know, so if it misses, everyone's going in. You know. Um, Paul, do you think if there is, as people are saying, if Agar is fit, do we look to get him some minutes? Um, you know, uh, in the next match, uh, would you look to make any changes, really? Um, I, know, I, I know you've spoken about uh, Alan earlier on, but specifically Agar in defence. Agar, um, well, yeah, I wouldn't mind, especially, you know, for, like, I'd probably start just with the same two lads that started against Arsenal and then bring Agar on if we can. I don't think that, I don't think there's too much point, like, faffing about at the back with the, with the personnel at the back, unless we need to. But, yeah, and, yeah, like, it'd be great to get him a few minutes and have him kind of as fit as we can get him like a, or sorry as sharp uh, get him match sharp sorry mm. as quick as we can for the run in but um, yeah I, I wouldn't kind of risk risk him unnecessarily yeah absolutely I think the Arsenal game is, is perfect for this especially bringing back someone like Agar and, and if they're talking that Johnson might be fit as well so you know mm-hmm. that, and there's no reason not Hopefully to play not. them because they, they no but they'd be forced 11 players for three or four months ago, so that you can you can throw them in there. If we're winning by a comfortable score, get them on. Sure, why not? And have a few. Like, like let's be realistic. We're going for the double here. We need we need to get as many fit players on the <laughs> team as possible. Yeah. What's what's the story with Sacco? Like uh, every every match that comes up, there's rumours that he's going to be fit. Well, I seen him on Twitter earlier on in the gym breaking gym. machines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are no more weights. Yeah. <laughs> there are no more. But uh, it'd be silly to risk Agar, I think, because. The last thing you want is him out for another half dozen games because you know we're on the. That suggests Andy, you want him in uh, to the team as soon as possible when he's right. When he's right, ah, yeah, absolutely. Like I mean, I know, I know Torre um, and Scarlett have been playing quite well together, but still, Torre's far choice for me each time. Yeah. You know, so you get Sacco back. You just couldn't drop Scarlett the way he's playing, uh, but you get Sacco or Agar, whoever's whoever's fit forced in there. Okay, um, Molly, can I come to you first for our predictions then, please? Um, how do you see this match going? Well, to be honest, I'm slightly worried about this game, you know? Oh, yeah. I think that if I won Arsenal win, I might have fans going, oh, yeah, this one is going to be easy, you're going to run on poem 5 or 6 nil. I'm not too sure about that. I can see Fulham sticking just 10 men behind the ball and we're going to have to try and break them down. And, you know, I think one of the last a great point here on, I think it could come down to a bit of magic from Suarez. I I would snap her hands off for one and win right now. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. Um, Tony Evans, I know you kind of uh, half predicted something earlier on. Would you stick behind that? I think you were looking looking at a pretty comfortable win or hoping for one. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Fulham a couple of times this year, and and the knock race. I mean, the addition of Holtby helps them. You know, he gives them a he gives them a bit more energy in the field and closes people down. But you know, if they sit deep. 
and they let us pick up the ball. If they let uh, the captain or Coutinho pick up the ball 35 yards out and then try and close them down, the movement of our front three will just kill them. I mean, I, I, I just don't see them uh, holding out. And, you know, and if we lay siege to the goal like United did, I'm telling you, we'll score goals. Lovely. Um, Steve Daly. <laughs> Phil's waiting for a big 3-1 shout-out. 3-1, please. Andy Young. Um. Yeah, geez, why is that making me get all worried now about this one? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, no, like every team has been more than fucking Fulham all season. You know, uh, United. You know that was that was just a crack yesterday. United fucking dropping points against them. Like you know, especially at home, people have been tearing uh, Fulham a fucking sunder each and every game. Uh, so anyway, listen, I think we've we've had we've had joining. Uh, at Fulham an awful lot and uh, it makes you think back to Maxi destroying them as well and mm. so I think we can see it just from a stupid goal and maybe go 3 yeah 3-4-1 three, 4-1 three, three, one, one. Three, yeah, four, one. Four, one. Four, one. just, yeah, just yeah. to be there uh, Paul Brennan you said I'll go for a conservative 2-1 uh, Oh, yeah. It reminds me a lot of the West Brom game following the Everton game, where it's going to be completely different, like the a completely different approach to what we're going to have to take. Mm. And I'd like the I don't really see it being a cakewalk either. So I'd say two one. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be tight as well. I think Luis Suarez is due to pull us out of uh, fire, and I think he might just do that by the odd goal. So Phil Casey rounded out. Let me gaze into my crystal ball here. <laughs> I'm picking a number on my hole. <laughs> I am. All joking aside, I think we'll win this one. Um, I've seen good things in terms of the way we've played in, in, in games. This, this to me just doesn't seem like it, we're going to slip up, and I think we'll probably win 6 or 7 nil. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> okay, excellent. Right, on to our next part of the show, listeners' questions. And we have a special one to kick this off for you, Tony. Um this is from at Damo Flood 32 uh, of this parish. And he's wondering, is it true that you would rate Paul Lambert ahead of both Brendan Rodgers and Roberto Martinez? <laughs> I, I, think he's got, I think he's got the potential to become a, 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 a top-class manager and over the, the length of his career. I, I think he's going to be a, a really good manager. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he... Um, judging by what I've seen of all three... Uh, he's the one long term I'd have the most belief in but you know what I've been wrong before <laughs> fair enough mate fair enough ok next question sorry Molly did you something to add to that I just have a, a quick question there for Tony um, we have Arsenal again uh, Saturday in the FA Cup if you were offered last Friday that you could only beat Arsenal once whether it be the league or the FA Cup match which one would you have taken? the league that's uh, that's definitely, definitely. Well, you know, it's uh, and and then then there's me old middle-aged cynical Liverpool fan view of it. The first time, because then you get another chance to beat them. <laughs> yeah. <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, uh, Paul Brennan, you're up for the next question. This is from Marco Lopez uh, at Footy Marco. He asks, um, "This is a United-based question, so we should just probably revel, revel in their discomfort for a few moments." Who's to blame? Is it David Moyes or is it Alex Ferguson? Definitely, definitely Moyes. Like, I, I know people are trying to say Ferguson chose him, but, it, like, Ferguson should have been told to fuck off when he started saying that it was Moyes. So, like, the, 
um, yeah, it's like the board obviously for putting Moyes in because he's an absolute chancer like at that level. But it's great, isn't it? It's so much fun. Yeah, it's hilarious. Like I, I sounded like a wounded animal laughing at that Darren Bent. <laughs> I was worried that the neighbours would be banging on the wall seeing if I was alright or something. It was hilarious. Like, you know, it, it just just reeked of Moyes that performance. Like, it was an eighty-one crosses. Of yeah. Do you know, I don't. Um, sorry. No, go on, go on. I don't blame either. Uh, I think what United really need is uh, a singing section. <laughs> <laughs> what they should do is put it on trial, okay, in the Champions League, and if it's successful, bring it into the league. <laughs> and then, you know, it'll be just back to normal. Oh, cynical bastard. <laughs> Steve O'Daly, closet blue of the group. Yep, that's me. Um yeah, no, it's moist without question. You know, like, listen, Ferguson isn't picking the team. Ferguson isn't lacking motivation. He isn't lacking lacking tactic. Well, he did lack he's tactical lactating. awareness. <laughs> yeah, he's lactating. <laughs> no, he's not, he's not lacking tactical awareness, even though he did for, for many, many years. But what I'm saying is you can't blame a bloke who, fair enough, yeah, he had a hand in appointing him. But that's like saying fucking, I don't know, you know, it's, it's someone else's fault that Hodgson was as poor for us as he was. You know what I mean? It's, it's the manager's fault. He's, he's not able to get the players up for it. He didn't buy well. He just keeps getting out tactic. He's, he's, yeah, he gets out tactic. And he's, he's abysmal in the, in the transfer market. Yeah. He always has been. He's always panicked yeah. bought at, the, at yeah. the very last yeah. you know, state. He's done it in, in the summer. He's done it in January. And I don't see it being any different in, in the summer either. Well, it will be because he won't be fucking there. Let's be honest, you know. Fair yeah. Someone else this, is, this is one I've got to disagree with you. Ferguson left him a heap of uh, steaming shite on the pitch. <laughs> you know what, Tony? And I don't, I don't and, agree with and, you there. And, and you know what? And then come the summer, uh, it, the failure in the transfer market wasn't down to Moyes. It was down to Ed Woodward, who took over from David Gill, who just blundered through every transfer negotiation. He made our transfer negotiations look like, oh, I don't know, look like Bayern Munich's. Yeah. You know, it's, um, and and so the thing is, what, what what he needs to do is he needs to um, he needs to spend a lot of money, and actually, yeah, like, but but I, d- I don't see how you blame I don't see how you blame Ferguson for that. You know, he did leave him a team that won the league by eleven points. You know what I mean? That's that's the that's the long and the short of it, Tony. You know, Ferguson. Yeah, fair enough. They were steaming pile of shite. But they're a steaming pile of shite that were champions come May. So, you know what I mean? Now they're a steaming pile of shite that are looking up their arse at Newcastle overtaking them. This time last year, I I did a column in the paper and I said, you know, like it's all going to go wrong. This squad needs 100 million spending on it. And you can imagine the stick United fans give me. It was almost as bad as the stick Liverpool fans give me. Totally undeserved, eh, Tony? (laughs) and, And they won the league, like. And so, you know, it was even worse. But you could see this coming. And the thing is, I, I, you know, Ferguson, we'll come to look on Ferguson's heritage as a really, really poisonous one. Because what he did is he facilitated the Glazers and the whole way that they've operated financially with the club. And he left them with, with a squad that hadn't been restocked, certainly in midfield, from when Ronaldo left. And it's got weaker and weaker every year. And you know what? You've got to say Ferguson's a genius because he managed to drag them to the league. Well, but you know what? No one else is going to do that. Moyes is nowhere near the talent of the manager as Ferguson is. He's nowhere near the talent of a manager uh, who, who should be in charge of a club like Man United. But when, when you add that to like this, this dreadful legacy that was left, it was always going to be a car crash. But, but one, one, just a one-word answer from you, Tony. Would Mourinho have them where they are now if he'd taken over instead? Or do you think they'd actually be in there challenging 
to be higher, definitely. And that and that's why Moise is shit, and it's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, though, they'd only be challenging with us for, uh, for 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 fourth and fifth place. Yeah. They wouldn't be challenging for the title. I think that's. We're going to win the league. I'm not having that. <laughs> uh, next one up is uh, I think this is aimed at you, Paul, specifically because I don't know how many wrestling fans we have in a room here, and I, I, I believe <laughs> <laughs> I believe I believe you're quite the aficionado, fella. Uh, Look, he's got his triple H t-shirt on. <laughs> uh, the question... Trying to grow a Jim the Anvil Neuhart there. <laughs> Hulk Brennan. <laughs> the question, Paul, for you is: if you could recreate the 1990s Hell in a Cell, whatever the fuck that was. Who would you have the Undertaker throw off the roof? That's from Ryan McTernan. You can put anyone. <laughs> and the rest of the fucking wrestlers, clowns. <laughs> Ryan, I don't think he's a wrestling fan, mate. <laughs> uh, next one, Molly. This is for you, fella. Uh, this is from Jim Fishlock, and Jim is wondering what are your favourite cartoons, and do you watch any now? Oh, I'm a big cartoon head, I am. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> name, my firstborn after my favourite cartoon character when I was growing up. Scooby-Doo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Go on, who's that? Who's that? I'm but. <laughs> we did Jace and the Wheel Warriors. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I named him Jace just after that cartoon for no other reason. <laughs> and even nowadays, I have like a, a three-year-old and... You know, he'd be watching the cartoons of Ben 10 and all this type of stuff. And he might fall asleep in my lap. And I would continue on watching the Ben 10 <laughs> 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 Good man. Uh, uh, Steve Daly, get us going on this one. We might get this off a few people because it's an interesting one from Andrew Rowe who asks, which famous person do you look like? And he does state that honesty is not a prerequisite, but we're in the room with you, so we're going to know if you're bullshitting. Like, so who do you look like? What famous guy do you look like? Um, Aqua La Pera. What's it? Oh, fucking Chelsea. What's his name? The left oh, back. Aspilicueta. Aspilicueta. Aquila. My Spanish isn't what it could be. Yeah, I've, I've been... I'll, I'll pull up a picture for those that are in the room at the minute. This and is really good now for somebody right. with no <laughs> Right, right. Hang on. No, you lads go on and I'll show you. <laughs> you can tell me in a second. Pa- Paul Brennan, who do you look like, Chief? I've no fucking idea. Honest to God? No. Well, who do you reckon I look like? <laughs> Tony Modi, who do you reckon Paul looks like? <laughs> a smack <laughs> Oh, fucking shout, okay. <laughs> Next one's from Chris Offlands. Chris, he's at Original Toff on Twitter, and he wonders what would be the title of your autobiography? Now, I know mine is I've Forgotten My Name uh, after my, <laughs> my recent efforts. Anyone else got a shout from me on the autobiography title? Did anyone do any homework here on this? Oh, fucking... Why is I, I told you so. Yeah, I, that's, I was waiting for that one, yeah. Abducted by aliens. Quality, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, next one is from Gray. Uh, Gray asks, which footballer, past or present, Paul, I'm coming to you on this, which footballer, past or present, really fucking winds you up? Just a side of him, the mention of his name just sets you off on one. Rio Ferdinand. <laughs> he seems to crop up a lot in these conversations. Just, I'm not getting into it again. Rio Ferdinand. Fair enough. Steve Daly, anyone? There's two probably. Jack Wilshire, actually. I hate the little bastard. And Victor Moses. Victor Moses. Yeah, Victor just Moses. the sign of him. I said it here before. Every time... I see him warming up on the sideline or his stupid head in the dugout with a big duffel coat on. I just think, fuck off. 
Fair enough. Uh, Phil, you hate most things. Um, who would you go for? My lookalike, strange enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart fucking Downing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Even if genuinely the thoughts of a fucking wind me up, it makes me close my fists and just want to go, on a rampage. <laughs> Calm down, Phil. You're amongst friends. <laughs> uh, let's go to uh, Molly again for the next one. Uh, your first celebrity crush, mate. Oh, that's a good question. I suppose I had a couple of hand shandies to be done in a day. <laughs> yeah, look, the, the, nobody's going to beat that. I'm, I'm just going to move the fuck on. Uh, <laughs> Christ. Uh, uh, no, I want to hear yours, Trev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want to hear yours. Audrey, ha- Audrey Hepburn. Go on. Phoebe Baskin. Phoebe Baskin. Do you actually want to hear it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, the same you, poster you... as Andy Dufresne on his wall. <laughs> Go on, yeah, Trev. We do want to know. We do want to know. Gang of bastards. Then I want to hear Tony's. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, mine goes back. Uh, uh, probably Olivia Tracy, who was Miss Ireland and then Miss Universe or something like that in about 1985 or six. I, I, I had a picture of her under under the freezer hidden away from my parents <laughs> under the freezer yeah yeah i was a dirty little pervert <laughs> it, was, it was probably for a bit of moly action there <laughs> tony tony what was yours oh you know what what, what, what of your life was if you like say silla black we're you fucking hanging up the phone <laughs> the girl the puff he should be going to match <laughs> now um first celebrity crush I like Candice Bergen, but now you're old enough to remember that. I know it's years ago. I thought you were with Silly Black there, Tony. Now I'm out. I'm over there. You wouldn't say that to me if I was in the room. <laughs> uh, Andy Young, this is for you. This is from Barry Carr. It actually sounds familiar. If you had a seven-item breakfast, uh, what would all of the items be in it? Uh, right, I'm not mad at the bacon, right, so I'll leave that aside. So, sausages, uh, clonakilty white pudding, and then the rest, eggs, whatever amount of items I have left. Now, eggs, right? <laughs> <laughs> you love eggs, This is Andy's cooking corner. Come on, just... <laughs> <laughs> this is life-changing, okay? I don't know what way you make your scrambled eggs, whether you put them in a pot or you put them in a microwave just to be lazy and give them a no. store or whatever. Do your microwave, or do your fucking scrambled legs in a frying pan. Yeah. Do it that way, and like, if you really want to go all out, put a few chili flakes in it. But it's it's a life changer. I don't know, like Steve, Steve, obviously you do your fucking scrambled egg in the pan, do you? The way you're, yeah. yeah. Well, I like, do them in a pot or a pan, but a little non-stick, but little I, non-stick pan. Like I find if, if it's in the pot, they dry up very badly, you know, and they get real bally, and you can't get the last few eggs. No, no, no. You, you, you have to, there's there's an art to it, and it's about it's about the right quantity of milk. A little bit of... Milk, no, no, no. No milk. Into the pan, and just... Uh, scramble them up while they're in the pan and make sure this, the, the, the yolk and the white part doesn't mix fully. No, 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 no. No, no milk. No, no, miles off, mate. Uh, no, you've got to get the whisk. You've got to get... You, you have to get the air into it. You have to aerate. No, no, you're not making, you're not making pancakes. Okay, you're making, you have to you're aerate, aerate your scrambled eggs. You're not making pancakes. You're My making scrambled eggs. I make, I make incredible scrambled eggs. What I'm going to do the next time we come here is I'm going to make you some scrambled eggs and see what you think, Andy. While we're here? Yeah. On, on, on air. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll bring As the a challenge, burner. we'll both make eggs, yeah. and we're going to video, and uh, we get the lads to taste who's not, and we just like nobody can see who made it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, we'll see who's Blind taste test. 
That's that's definitely. But uh, anyone who's listening, do your if you do your eggs in microwaves or fucking uh, pots, you're wasting your bollocks. <laughs> Get them, uh, get them into a frying pan, a uh, little bit of butter, salt, pepper, and if you want to really go out, a few chili flakes. Thanks, Andy. You'll be eating your Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andy. That was, that was fucking illuminating. Uh, <laughs> we need to get away from that topic quickly because Andy's passionate about this shit. Uh, Paul. Nick, who's at Mersey Boy Red, asks, if you could remotely control one person, doesn't have, to have anything to do with football, who would it be? Can I say Rio Ferdinand again? <laughs> <laughs> I would fucking control him into the biggest volcano. <laughs> <laughs> the prick. <laughs> Thank you. That's concise. Uh, <laughs> Uh, next one up is from Jasper Ray and she just had a dumpy moment he's taking the earphones out and discussing giving out panels now now is from Lucy oh, uh, she's uh, she's asking what's the most embarrassing single or album purchased now actually I'm going to try and get this off a few people uh, Molly I'm coming to you in a minute but I'm going to start with Steve Daly here the most embarrassing single or album that you've ever bought the Spice Girls Oh fuck oh. me Yeah I only bought it So I could look at the pictures On the inside You know the little thing They used to give you With the album Are we oh, back yeah. to Celebrity Crush don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah yeah Did you store it Under the freezer mate No man just, <laughs> it was Did sto- you store it Under the freezer To wrap it around <laughs> yourself When you were doing it I, I, I couldn't I couldn't open it After about two days It was stuck together <laughs> uh, Moly Most embarrassing Single or album purchase mate well, the first album I ever owned was a bit embarrassing. It was Wham. Oh, God, yeah, that's good one. <laughs> I don't know how I got my hands. It was Wham. I, I've Wham's greatest hits. Mm. That doesn't surprise Wham me. Wham was the chorus. The chorus? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I only met my uh, wife now at the time, and uh, I was listening to the chorus, and, and it was it was a fucking deal-breaker like, for the relationship because like this was she couldn't fucking believe I was listening to the chorus. So hang on, hang on. So it actually worked for you. Is that what you're telling me? Well, I had to stop listening to them. Oh fuck it! Oh, yeah. Not a woman. Well, here, here's one for you on the cars, right? <laughs> Jim Carr, abducted by aliens with Andy. <laughs> so would you, you, would you take your cars in a microwave or in a pot? <laughs> no, no. Add a few chili flakes. <laughs> would you just you'll be <laughs> you'll be pulling your Mickey out? <laughs> would you uh, would you let Jim Carr in order to get? <laughs> to get a jump off the two sisters <laughs> <laughs> answer the fucking question you'd have to shave that goatee off anyway <laughs> uh, okay next one we'll try and get a few people in this as well second last one from Mike Hale here and he's wondering which sitcom character are you most similar to personality wise not appearance wise uh, we'll come to you as Piloqueta for this one what's the crack <laughs> Which which of the which sitcom character are you most similar to? Um, Schmidt of uh, New Girl. Oh, okay. Really watches New Girl. Sh- yeah, I've yeah. been watching that with my daughter recently. That's quite funny. Yeah, I'm probably a bit of a douche to be honest with you. So. Yeah, he's quite prissy. Are you telling me you're a bit prissy? Yeah, probably. Nice one. Nice one. Like if we're being honest. If we're being honest. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, so it's not a sitcom. I fancy myself as a uh, Reg out of the bill, though, probably. <laughs> That's actually a brilliant shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Okay, last one for today. Uh, if everyone on the day trippers, Molly, we'll start with you on the line. If everyone on the day trippers competed at the Winter Olympics, what event would you do? Right, Molly, you're up. Oh, but I suppose Muff Diving isn't in the Winter Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> it is under Trent's freezer. <laughs> Everything's up for grabs there, mate. Uh, we, we, I, I go with skiing. Skiing? Okay, Paul yeah. Brennan. For ski, I've never actually done it, but I fancy myself at it. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. I feel yeah. I have a natural ability. Okay, brilliant. Paul Brennan. I'm a lazy shite, so I'd probably do it. I'd say called the luge, is it where you oh, just lie yeah, down? I'm all about the luge. Just lie down the thing and basically dies with that going <laughs> yes. down. Like, I'd rather, I'd rather kind of risk my life than you know try and do any running. Like <laughs> any, any sort of cross country skiing or that like that. Nah. I think there is. Uh, to be fair to the luge con- contestants, there is some skill to it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you just lie down and go. <laughs> it's not much. It's not much effort, but is it? It's not exactly like fucking. You know fucking uh, little yellow ducks going down the Liffey now whoever gets over the line first is grand well I don't have to do it well I just nobody said I was a medalist <laughs> Brenzy the eagle <laughs> Steve-o um, I think either uh, bobsleigh or curling curling fucking curling. lovely yeah, yeah. Andy I've always wanted if, to if uh, snowball fighting was a <laughs> sport then I'd be good at that are you handy at that fella uh, not so much but I'll tell you a quick story about uh, <laughs> It was. Uh, do you remember before auction was called auction was called witness? witness yeah. So it was years ago, and it was a really dirty, <coughs> mucky one. Okay, and uh, whatever band we were on at the time, I, I not too mad into music. I was just there for the gargle and the sure. crack. And no, I don't know. It might have been a prodigy or something like that at the time. But uh, I got a. Everyone was just throwing muck. That that was that's what everyone was doing. Muck balls. But I got a fucking muck ball, right, and got a whopper of a shot. There was a girl, it was now, it was back, going back to uh, Crocodile Dundee in the can from fucking <laughs> 50, 50 yards. yards. This was up there. There was a board up on this bloke's shoulders with a camera about to take the snap and boom, muck ball, camera, fucking miles out of her hand. <laughs> it was fucking brilliant. Like, and it, it happened. <laughs> it happened. Actually, yeah, sorry, Phil. Um, the one that I would love to do is the ski jump. You know, like no, Eddie no, Eagle Edwards job. Yeah, yeah, I, I genuinely, I want to know how you train to do that. Don't mind even just do it. Like, what, I, think, I think it's the same, and genuinely, I think it's the same as if you're doing fucking the high dive. You know what I mean? In, you start off with little ones. Yeah, you genuinely work your start, way up. Yeah, you work your way up, and, and you build the you build the distance and the height that you're you're coming from bit by bit. Oh by man, bit. I, 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 that to me, I think that's just the, one nuts. of the best things to watch. I, I, I watched it all yesterday after the after the United and Fulham game, and they were just doing the normal jump, and it's just phenomenal the scale the scale and there's just balls about it and you just yeah. go up and, and you're floating and it's like judging your landing and the whole lot and the lads wreck themselves when they get it all wrong like that's the best bit like yeah. it's, it's like watching ice skating you don't want to see them do well you want to see them go under arse you want to see carnage yeah mm. <laughs> right and actually there is one that's just come in late here from Joe Pepper uh, on Twitter and he is asking when they make a film about this crazy season who will play the main characters he suggests Steve Buscemi for David Moyes which is a good shout um, have crazy we, eyes David Moyes have, have, have we got any shouts for who might play Brendan or who might play other, any other characters anyone around the table Liam Neeson has to be for Brendan doesn't he yeah I think that's a, I think that's a safe one yeah 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 yeah. he's, yeah, he's earnest enough anyone else it's a tough one isn't it mm. who 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 main players? Who, who would you play as Josie? I think you'd, you'd get Kevin Spacey in as Josie because you know the way George Ke- Clooney. 
Get lost in his eyes, like. <laughs> such a dreamboat. What the actual... Paul f- Venom's celebrity crush is George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> and we are Woo! fucking out. <laughs> we are out. That's just brilliant. Thanks, Paul. Uh, <laughs> Paul, Paul Brennan giving the day trip or sound bites in 2013 looking great 100 year old Christopher Lee is Manuel Pellegrini yeah <laughs> or Christopher Walken right brilliant ok uh, just lastly some admin then uh, well done to Noel Tracy who won the tickets to see the five time show featuring Didi Haman and Jamie Carragher on February 27th We'll be in touch directly uh, on Twitter uh, with Noel. The HJC Cup Ireland is on March 22nd in Astro Park here. Details will be on our timeline tomorrow, so get a team in. If you can't manage that yourself, the Irish Cup lads can fix you up. Um, Contribute to a wonderful cause, and you can watch me and the lads take home the trophy. Big thanks, as always, go to Johnny Rep for simply fucking brilliant intro music. You should check out their new single, Give, which is out now. You can follow all our news and views on our smart feed at Liverpool Ways, run by the very sound called Turley, so get following that account. And if you want some excellent articles and content, get down to Moldy's www.beyondthecop.com. My own writing is four days a week on the excellent Liverpool Offside website. That's liverpoolofside.sbnation.com. Subscribe to all trippery stuff on Podbean, iTunes, or via any podcatcher on Android. And finally, your day trippers tonight were Tony Evans, Molly, Andy Young, Paul Brennan, Stephen Daly, the witch doctor Casey, and myself, the nameless love child of two bald wolves, Trev Downey. Oh, what a perfect day. It's not liable to say you'd let them do it, though, is it? <laughs> <laughs> what am I talking about? That's still recording. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go in. I have to go in. <laughs> hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.